Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Anshaw.net. Poetry Reading Guidance on Remote Learning in a COVID-19 Context September to December 2020 Hello there, this is Simon Lewis from Anshaw.net. You're very welcome to uh, this special episode which I call Poetry Readings. It's when the Department of Education release an important circular or or an important guide uh, that people should probably know about. Well, today, um, which is Thursday, um, we noticed uh, that guidance on remote learning in a COVID-19 context um, was published by the Department of Education to much furore and excitement I, I, I there were crowds on the streets celebrating if they were allowed to there probably would have been there no to be honest with you the only reason i found out about this is because um a teacher friend of my wife's uh found it i don't know where she found it and um it seems to just slip in there somewhere very quietly maybe it's been there for ages but i very much doubt it um and basically what i do when it comes to these uh, uh, circulars is i try and do a live reading of uh, the uh, and, and and comment as i go along on this circular to see if there's anything we can learn from it number one uh, and number two to see if much of it is possible now uh, guidance on remote learning um, and getting that sent um just and, and posted up just the day after um there was a recommendation to go to uh, level five or the week of when we were told to go to level five of um of lockdown um doesn't raise my spirits very high it's almost like an admission that we're going to be going on remote learning very soon i don't understand why the department of education the week of uh of this week of all weeks would release a document on remote learning but they have and uh which says to me that we'd better get ready for lockdown if you are in a school i can see the release day was today the 8th of october uh 2020 um now a lot of people might be critical and might say well the department of education should have should have published this back in march and april but in fairness i i have to give uh, some sort of um uh, forgiveness really that uh, back in march and april i don't think anybody knew what to do and maybe they're just publishing this in case we ever go into lockdown again in the unlikely event that we go into lockdown but let's read it uh, because there could be lots of uh there's lots of good stuff here as i said i haven't read this yet um so we'll see what's uh, in it it's 15 pages long i'm not going to read all 15 pages um i'm going to skim as i'm talking uh, just to see if there's anything useful now uh, I've done a few of these um, over over the last few months and uh, to be perfectly honest um, generally it's the appendix that's generally the most useful bit of all of these documents and the first I suppose half of them tend to be just uh, introductionary stuff that say very little and uh, I don't think this will be any any different I'm, I'm looking at uh, page one here which is the introduction and uh, effectively it is saying nothing it talks about what they've done already um, and all that sort of stuff and the context and the rationale and basically where to find all this stuff and yeah so first page one two and three nothing um Part two uh, is planning and organization considerations. So this will probably uh, be uh, fairly waffly and I'll just have a look. So practical considerations, whenever they use the word practical, I always seem to think it means impractical, but let's uh, have a look. Um, it's all about contingency, this. Um, so we should have a contingency plan for remote learning. Um, 
and uh, this should outline the necessary actions and relevant personnel to identify appropriate digital communication platforms so we need to identify appropriate digital communication platforms and most of us have already done this which is good news um uh, most of us are using uh, things like seesaw and um google classroom and all the various other ones so digital communication with and between staff this actually in fairness now uh, i usually give out um straight away about a, a document but this is important if you haven't done any of this you should do this uh, how do you communicate between uh, staff in a, in a remote learning situation and most of us are probably using zoom aladdin email things like that but do you have something that you're definitely going to use rather than one thing so identify that i think it's very useful advice and uh, then between staff and pupils so again your learning platform most of us have already um guessed that we are going to be in this situation again so most of us already have signed up to something like google classroom or seesaw as i've said and then digital communication between schools and parents and guardians including a designated email address or attended phone number for contact during school closures now that's new um now most schools in fact lots of schools uh, have given uh, uh would have an email um now not every teacher has their own email address but uh, in many schools uh, every teacher has their own email address uh, when it comes to communication between schools and parents and guardians um a lot of schools that have signed up to something like aladdin or databiz which would be a very very good tool for communication but for uh, getting information back now the attended phone number is interesting um because it assumes that a school has a mobile phone or they're looking for somebody to give their own mobile phone uh, and again i already have uh, what i'm calling my burner phone for the hse uh, in case there's a covid 19 case so i'm wondering how that's going to work um i suppose the email address is probably enough uh, there may be a way to redirect the school phone number maybe to different phone numbers depending on the time of the day the thing i'd be avoiding is you know if you're at home you're opening yourself up 24 hours a day to your phone ringing so there needs to be some way of limiting that um, so if anyone's considering giving a mobile phone number out to pa parents and guardians uh, during a lockdown I'd be very very careful that you don't become a 24-hour switchboard um, and then there's obviously uh, digital communication for remote teaching and learning which is probably the same between staff and pupils so I thought I think that's actually quite useful and um, the other thing that we need to do is we need to identify and develop the skill sets of the teachers and support staff as needed that's uh, I don't think I need to say much about that they provided um, a number of platforms generally actually PDST um, for how uh, you can upskill people um, I the less I say about the PDST the better or we could be here a long time um, enable pupils to develop the necessary skill set so we have to train the pupils now I would imagine uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while uh, that's what I've been um, uh, I've been basically saying you should do and I'm sure I'm not the only person who said you should be doing this um, is, uh, is, you know certainly don't uh, don't listen to me uh, uh, at the best of times but I, I'm going to take this one as something you should should do if you haven't already make sure if you're using Seesaw make sure the pupils know how to use Seesaw if you're using Google Classroom make sure the pupils know how to use Google Classroom do it in school give them the uh, give them the opportunities i think that's fair enough support equity of access to digital resources hmm. now basically what i can see them saying is that we should establish a clear picture of the relevant supports needed by the pupils to engage in remote learning and then what we can do to address any gaps now that supposes that schools have the relevant things pieces of technology to give to pupils 
it also suggests that we're able to provide them with broadband in their houses if they don't have it it does say yeah we should supply them with tech digital devices i mean most schools don't have digital devices to give to children and the money that we got last year um now i'm a big school with 400 pupils i got enough money to buy six devices now i can tell you right now that six there would be more than six children without devices uh in my school in fact i do know there were less than six because what we did do in our school is we do have we're one of the lucky schools that does have digital devices certainly not enough for everybody um but we were able to lend out um chromebooks to uh to our to our children during the first lockdown um but not every school is in that situation not every school should be expected to be in this situation and really we took we take risks by doing this because we're, we're handing out devices that uh that may not come back and there's no um there's no payment so there's nothing like that and you wouldn't want uh people who are already struggling to have to pay for the use of a, of a laptop or a chromebook or whatever it might be i'd be a bit dodgy about that one support the equity of access to digital resources i don't think that's something we can do and it's something the government need to provide for so my first black mark on this uh on this document is for that one next thing we have to do be ready to share preparation for teacher and teaching and learning be ready to, pre to share preparation schools should develop a system to enable all teachers to share their prep oh so your planning documents I don't know any teachers that physically write plans anymore they type them up surely that's something people all do already so effectively yeah if you're still writing in pen and paper uh, your plans you need to get with get with the program um, and start start typing um, I, I know this uh, I don't think there's anyone in that situation anymore but anyway maybe there is and uh, anyway if you if you are one of these people using pen and paper you're probably not listening to this podcast i can imagine um ensure relevant contact details are available very good yeah i i think that's important it says the chairperson of the board though should ensure that he has he or she has access to up-to-date contact details for all teachers on the staff in the event that some or all of the school leadership team are unavailable for work oh my gosh that that kind of sounds apocalyptic you know the principal the deputy principal the ap1 holder the ap2 holder, that's a lot of people to be gone uh, and they're expecting a chairperson who works for free um and to be able to put in administrative arrangements to keep the school open this is mad that's a bit crazy i don't think chair people might be uh, too happy with that and the contact details of the school designed inspector should also be shared with the chairperson of the board that's um a step too far i think for someone who volunteers um i wonder who's going to actually do that um well i don't know next thing we have to do is collaborate and communicate with parents and guardians well i don't know too many schools that don't do that um already um and i mean it's repeating itself from before communication with external agencies during a partial or full school closure so they really think this is going to happen it's important that schools maintain appropriate contact relevant to the needs of pupils affected by the closure with any necessary external agencies again we would have done this uh, this is the hse naps ncse and tusla um so again that's that's there's nothing new there uh, ensure policies are up to date okay um let's move on that's what we have to get ready then they talk about personnel to support the continuity of schooling so this is kind of useful uh, one of the things i suppose in the first lockdown was we have and i've said this in um 
my uh, in one of the last episodes uh, of, of this that there needs to be flexibility somewhat as uh, flexibility uh, in terms of the roles of people in schools so a teacher doesn't necessarily just have to teach one class a set teacher doesn't necessarily have to just cover set stuff um and an SNA doesn't necessarily have to cover just SNA stuff um there needs to be something here but I mean I suppose we're getting I, I presume this uh, section will give definitive guidelines for us let's see uh, so the set teacher is what they start with um and they do say sorry just before they say that all teachers are expected to be flexible in their approach um yeah I, I, I agree with it but I was hoping they might actually tell you how um so it's basically saying oh, I hate this line they do it all the time the principal allocating to the greatest level of support uh, the greatest level of need uh, is is basically what you're what, what set teachers are supposed to do which you know which set, suggests that set teachers basically all provide um support to children who may not need support you know all children that we provide support to support to need that support they wouldn't get the support either we have such a low allocation of um of hours there isn't kind of like a situation where there's children who already get um allocated who don't need it but uh, anyway they, they continue with this line it's the ncse and the department of education love that line and it's very annoying um anyway it, it, they have to do that um and they also have to reassign their time normally allocated for whole school and classroom support Ah, i didn't know the set team did any whole school support there you go now we know um designated teachers from the staff i can't even continue that paragraph it doesn't really say anything by the way uh designated teacher from the staff a teacher on the staff who has been medically certified as being very high risk to COVID-19 and is available to work from home can support remote learning for individual. Okay, so that's not new. A teacher from the staff who's been advised to restrict their movements but is medically fit can support remote learning. Again, that's not new. And a designated teacher from a local education centre. So a teacher from another school who's been medically certified as being very high risk and is on the assigned list in the local education centre can assist in the work gosh i wonder how many there are in that i must uh, check that out i didn't know that existed maybe some of you did that there's teachers now available to local education centers to teach children who are at home that's interesting so we go on to number three so we're already are we halfway through we are halfway through uh, this document and to be fair it isn't that awful um lots of practical stuff so far so section three is about responding to a range of scenarios so it outlines a variety of possible scenarios let's have a look and see what we have to do um so in all the scenarios outlined below the class teacher will maintain overall responsibility so it doesn't matter what the responsibility is and they've got a few scenarios but it's straight off the bat the class teacher has to share his or her short-term plans with whatever teacher is necessary to enable the pupil to progress and to provide frequent and constructive feedback to all pupils on their work. So the class teacher is still num numero uno there. In addition, SETs and SNAs, or uh, the special ed teachers and the SNAs, should collaborate with the class teacher to, in order to provide learning support uh, on their caseload um, and the school principal should maintain oversight of all this. Okay, so that's all normal. Uh, so here's scenario number one. An individual pupil from a class is advised to self-isolate or restrict his or her movements. No other pupils in the school are affected. Now, up until now, we have been told that we, do, we only 
provide learning for children who are in the very high risk category and we were told that the way of doing that was we would have to use that from our learning support our set team now things seem to have changed and we are not getting the extra resources for it by the looks of things now i'm guessing because they're about to give us what's supposed to happen so the class teacher can choose to provide teaching input and learning opportunities to the pupil using the school's chosen digital platform or other agreed method as needed now <laughs> if he or she feels this is the most appropriate way to address the needs of the pupil that's interesting sentence there's can choose or can feel in other words you're not compelled to do it you don't have to do it but god help you if you don't do it i imagine uh, alternatively this support can be provided by a teacher from the list of personnel outlined above like yeah because uh, they don't have anything to do um, so that's interesting so I'm just going to break that down a little bit more so you don't have to do it it's almost like they're they're um, <laughs> what's the word it's almost like they're guilt tripping you into doing it if you choose maybe if you want to and if you feel that's a nice thing to do of course teachers are going to feel guilty and do that now I do like the idea of using the school's ch uh, chosen digital platform. What we do in our school is we have our Google Classroom done. And if there's a child who is at home and can't engage, we do say to the family, look, we aren't going to be able to send you anything else. But whatever is on the digital platform, whatever is on Google Classroom, you can engage. Absolutely. There's no problem with that. And, uh, and, and we'll work with you that way. So I think that's fair. Um, that, that that's a level of engagement. But more than that i think is is too much we are working extremely hard at the moment to keep the uh, to keep schools open and we don't i just feel there's there's a there's a straw that will break everything and i don't know when it when it's going to come because it, it should have come ages ago but it hasn't and and i'm just waiting for i call it the water charge moment you know no uh, the whole uh, you know when when we were in the recession uh, everyone was just saying okay 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 and then they introduced water charges and the, and the country went nuts it wasn't because water charges are probably a bad idea now i mean that that could be a controversial thing to say but it was just um it was the thing that made everyone go mad and there was like almost you know thousands hundreds of thousands of people on the street that wouldn't have bothered coming out if that if like if you were to announce the water charges well maybe not now but um if you were to like in the celtic tiger let's say no one would have gone on the streets about it but anyway uh, I, 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 that's that's interesting. Scenario two, the pupils in a number of pods in a classroom are advised to self-isolate or restrict their movements. Some of the pods in the classroom are deemed to be unaffected and continue to attend school. So you have half the class in, half the class out. So the class teacher continues to teach pupils who are in attendance. Well, that's normal. And now he or she can, so again, doesn't say must, provide opportunities for all pupils to work together collaboratively insofar as possible. For example, on project work or other areas of learning using digital technologies. That's really sensible. So if you're at home, um, you might be able to engage in a project using Google Classroom. And because, uh, and, and when I'm saying Google Classroom, I mean any of them, D you know, Microsoft Teams, Seesaw, all the rest of them. Um, and a teacher from the list of personnel can also do. So, I mean, that's less guilt trippy but i think they've already guilt tripped in scenario one so we're already guilty maybe they're laying off the guilt and um, scenario three all pupils in one or more classes are advised to self-isolate or restrict the movements so now this is where they don't guilt trip you they tell you what to do the class teacher will be required to provide remote learning or remote teaching to all pupils in the class using the digital platform so there you go um this should take place from the school oh interesting so if the teacher isn't required to self-isolate, the teacher has to come into work to do it. So they can't do it from home. That's interesting. Um, 
Very interesting. And maybe right. I don't know. Um, scenario four. Oh my gosh, how many scenarios are there? A teacher or a number of teachers in the school are advised to self-isolate or restrict their movements. Where teachers are required to self-isolate, they will avail of special leave or pay. We know about this. Um, these teachers should follow the advice outlined in the circular for this. Uh, the circular was 49, 20, 20. I think, I, I think that was the... Um, uh, last uh, poetry reading I did anyway uh, any teacher who is medically fit to work uh, but has been advised to restrict the movements should uh, is available to work remotely if the teacher's class group is still attending school a substitute should be arranged to cover um, fine but the work should be assigned sorry but the work assigned to the teacher restricting the movements should support the work of the school so the teacher who's restricting the movements should still help the school but the substitute teacher will be there um if the teacher's class are also self-isolating then the teacher will be required to provide remote learning from and obviously from where they're self-isolating so it's similar to scenario three there um if the if the class are also self-isolating and scenario five um which is the one they swore would never happen the school is required to close on foot of public health advice in this case all teachers who are medically fit to work including SETs are available to work remotely and should provide remote teaching and learning to all pupils in their class or on their caseload substitute teachers should be arranged to provide remote teaching for pupils in classes where the teacher has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and is medically unfit to work schools should ensure substitute teachers have access to appropriate technology that's really interesting um, so there are the scenarios they give examples um, of um, which obviously been uh, you know gotten by the um, by the inspectors when they were ringing schools over the last little while saying you know you know with their little supportive calls uh, and what they do is they pick um, what I don't like about this is they do, they pick they pick the situations of you know the best 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 you know the people that the people that make you sick you know they pick they pick them um, instead of saying something kind of realistic but I mean I don't know if they did now I don't want to go through all the examples one two three four five there's five examples look i mean to be fair they just replicate what they um what they what they have i don't think i'll bother reading those um so yeah I, i'm gonna you can read them the one it can be your homework you can read that it's page 10 and 11 um part four required features of provision okay this is what we have to do if we're remote teaching and in fairness it's good this looks good already and I haven't even started um, because it tells you what you have to do. So you have to have regular engagement with pupils. Now again, most of us did have regular engagement with pupils during the first lockdown. Um, there was daily contact uh, and if it wasn't daily contact, it was certainly almost daily. Now what that what does daily contact actually mean? So let's see what it says here. So you will communicate with pupils on a daily basis using the communication methods uh, while taking into account that some pupils may not be in a position to engage special education teachers should continue to engage with pupils on their caseload as frequently as they would under normal circumstances and um, that's good and then they say what's not okay weekly or fortnightly assignment of tasks to be completed is not of itself sufficient because pupils need more frequent contact with their teachers in order to feel connected to the school to stay motivated and to make progress in their learning now in fairness i think you know maybe at the very very start of the first lockdown some schools were doing that um, we were all finding our feet it was all very overwhelming but I think um, very quickly we found out that yes weekly assignment of tasks to be completed isn't in itself just sending a bunch of stuff home what we need is much um, more communication um, and 
I think most of you already do this and already done this uh, where uh, communication doesn't mean a Zoom call every day or anything like that. Um, what it means is that you provide feedback and conversation. So you can use your Google Classroom to chat to each other. You might sign a task on a day, you give feedback. And there's, this is the thing about a conversation, uh, whatever it works. I would still say, and I, I said this before when I was talking about the blended learning idea when you were at home, these Zoom uh, calls, uh, two, twice a week is more than enough. Uh, even once a week is more than enough. And Zoom calls are not good for learning. Zoom calls are very good for checking in. And that's the only reason really you would use them. Anyway, um, it moves on to a blend of guided and independent learning tasks. So um, that makes fine sense, really. Um, direct instruction is provided for aspects of learning that require it, using a variety of approaches, including pre-recorded video, audio, presentation software, and written instruction. It's interesting they didn't say live um, synchronous um, learning. That's interesting. They didn't say that, uh, which is good because it's um, it means they're on the ball a little bit. Um, regular engagements when they're out of school will also help. So that's pretty good. They didn't actually mention uh, live, um, which is interesting uh, um, and good. Um, appropriate engaging learning opportunities. So again, that's I, I again I don't really think we need to um, go too much into this but I will actually because it could be maybe it is interesting so we uh, because at first glance it looks like well that makes sense but let's see what they suggest learning tasks workbook and textbook tasks should be reduced hmm that's difficult when you've got families at home and it, who are probably working from home and just want their kids to be kept kind of busy um, because they have to that I, I mean I, I'm not a workbook person at all I hate textbooks um, but I have a little bit of I I have to say like I, I mean if you have three or four kids at home and you're trying to keep them busy I, I'm just trying to figure out what you could actually do this is where textbooks and workbooks are probably necessary I mean, like otherwise you're going to be asking people to print out worksheets I mean like I don't I know it's not very brilliant learning um but t books and worksheets have their place um particularly in this sort of scenario where you don't have a teacher in the room with them you have a parent who's probably trying to run a business themselves or or not I mean it doesn't matter what they're doing but they're 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 they're, they're, they're not qualified teachers and sometimes a workbook or a textbook helps uh, to skeleton uh, or sorry to scaffold um what you want the child to do it's kind of an it's it's an intro I, don't, I just don't understand that it makes it actually makes no sense to be honest with that uh, to be honest with you I, I mean as much as i hate workbooks i i still think it, when it comes to remote learning they they have their place um anyway skills developments pupils need to be supported to develop age appropriate self-management and organization skills okay um I don't know how schools can support them in doing that. That that's parents' job in this case. I think. Um, I, I mean, it's very hard for a school to do that remotely. I mean, they can they can make things as easy as possible to not give them tasks that require a lot of home support, but and maybe teach them the skills now of what of the kind of things you'd be giving. I mean, I think I was suggesting a while ago that you do three different types of things online, just three three different tools that you use all the time and not be using like five or six or seven or 20 different um, apps, you know, or whatever. Just pick three and f let your pupils be familiar with them so they can use them all the time. Transitions. Um, for pupils with additional or special education needs who are being supported in the transition back to school, 
the work being carried out should be continued remotely see it's very difficult i mean this is this is one area where i think it collectively we can say we you know children with some children with with some additional needs just were not able to engage uh, remotely and particularly those with more and uh, more um, severe needs and it's 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 a bit rich to say i'll just do it you know i don't think so um infants and junior classes they've gone on the needs will require particular consideration uh, parents will need specific guidance and so on um try hands-on activities and blah blah it doesn't really say anything particularly useful there i, I mean making making kind of different tasks uh, for their parents here it's basically saying deal with the parents uh Gwelga, which is interesting uh, they've put a special mention for pupils attending Irish medium schools and support the learning of Irish and me Irish medium school in Irish and English medium schools. Resources produced by TG4 and COG should be considered. Okay, or we could actually just teach them ourselves like we would any other subject. I don't know why Gaelga's got a special mention. We are able to speak Irish, um, and we are able to teach Irish remotely. That's a bizarre um, recommendation. Uh, then we go into two-way feedback between home and school. Uh, they say why. For ongoing motivation, fair enough. Customized learning opportunities, fair enough. Well-being, that's true. I hate that word, um, but I, I get what they're saying. It's good for children. Did miss their teachers the first time when they didn't see them? So I think it's important that you see your your pupils, even if it's with behind a screen. I remember when um, my son's teacher did his did the Zoom meetings. Um, oh, he loved them. You know, he he missed them. He, he like he really missed school, and he talked about how much he loved his teacher and how he missed his teacher and everything else. Now, and and to be honest with you, like we don't we don't. Uh, I don't know how to say this. I mean, we are kind of fluffy parents a little bit, but we're not that fluffy. We kind of, you know, would make we make him fairly independent, resilient. That he wasn't like crying over it or anything like that. But he did miss school. He missed school. like all kids. They did miss school. So anyway. Then uh, section five is all about resources. We're really coming to the end. And all the resources you'd be glad to know are government websites. Uh, from Skullnet to PDST to all the other uh, to Webwise and all sorts of stuff. COG is mentioned. The NCSE have online resources, would you believe? Um, there you go. Um, and uh, the education centres, who were actually the heroes of the last lockdown. Um, and absolutely, if uh, I would suggest that you turn to them if we go on lockdown as a, as a ones. So we come to the end uh, where we come to the appendix where things actually become useful. And I'm going to go through uh, the uh, the last page, which is page 15, which is the checklist for all schools. Now, I think it's just repeating everything I've said, uh, but in a checklist. And uh, as I look at it, actually, yes, it is. Um, but it's a very useful um, checklist. It goes through everything I've just uh, gone through. Uh, I'd advise if you actually do nothing um, after listening to this podcast, um, and you were going to read the document, do you not know skip to the very last page, the appendix one, which is a suggested checklist to support action planning for schools when pupils and teachers are advised to self-isolate or restrict their movements. And uh, it goes through everything uh, that you would need um, to have in place. Um, so I'd really suggest it. It's, it's everything I've basically said over the last, um, how long I've been on, th half an hour. Um, my gosh, time flies when you're ranting. And um, that's really all I suggest. To be fair, and I hate giving credit um, to uh, the Department of Education, um, but I'm going to give credit to the, to the Department of Education. Apart from a few hiccups in this, most of it is pretty practical. Most of it is stuff we've already... Well, I mean, most of it isn't new, which I think is good. I mean, I think if, if this is a whole new thing, uh, in fairness, everyone would have to go a bit crazy, and rightly so. 
but this is just basically cementing what we already do um as i said uh the checklist at the back at the back is probably the only thing you really need to read um but um you know i think it's it's pretty good i as i'm reading sorry i pause there because i have uh somebody pointing out something on the on the checklist uh which i did which which snuck in there and uh is is making making um said person quite angry um it says has the school oh here it is <laughs> yeah okay i was i was praising them look at me praising them and then i read this and uh, uh, how fickle am i has the school ascertained the availability of digital devices and broadband access in all households well i'm not going to do that am i um no i that's 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 crazy um and have parents or guardians been consulted and informed about the platforms being used that's fine um and is the chairperson, yeah, I talked about this before, the chairperson, the board of management, able to access contact details of staff members and the school inspector. So I went through that and I didn't like that. I mean, this, these are all the things, but sorry, just going back to that thing, um, that we're expected to find out what sort of provision they have. It doesn't say, do we, do we have to provide it? I think they tried to hint at it. Look, look at that last, um, at the last page. Most of it's okay. There are a few hiccups, I'll grant you that. And some of them will probably make people quite angry um overall most of it is doable some of it's undoable and the bits that are undoable i i guess we should just maybe highlight um and say that they're not doable and we should not do it um but i mean i think if you did about 75 percent of what's there you're probably going to be doing a good job um so there you go that's my live poetry reading of this wonderful document i think the title is poetic in itself guidance on remote learning in a covid 19 context september to december 2020 it reads very like a very long haiku or something like that but um anyway enough of me thank you for listening i hope it was useful hope it saved you reading uh, the book for yourself and um best of luck when we go into lockdown because if the government are basically planning for it it sounds like it's going to happen okay all the best thank you bye bye <laughs>